When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Here's a carry. Adrian Peterson. Touchdown. And then watch him just see that cut. Now he's going to carry Patrick Peterson into the end zone. Here you go, Rook. Take some of that. Ah, the good old days. Adrian, back when he was uh, dominant. So you, uh, you penned a piece for 1500ESPN.com, our website, Matthew Collar, yesterday, on which you, I think you basically did two things. You wondered aloud if, if he'll find work, which Peterson is still trying to do, but has not. But then, just as importantly, or more so, came back with, if he doesn't find work, or at this point in time, what will the legacy of Adrian Peterson be? Well, yeah, first of all, he only has about 600 yards since 2015 and averages 3.1 yards per carry since then. And he doesn't catch the ball and he doesn't block. And I can't see someone buying into it again. Um, he was really poor last year for Arizona, aside from one game. But after that one game, it was his first game in Arizona. He had like 134 yards. Yep. After that, he averaged three yards a carry the rest of the way, and it got pretty ugly. And I would imagine that some teams looked at him last year like, hey, maybe there's still something left in the tank. This guy's a freak. But there isn't. It's over. The dream is dead for Adrian Peterson to play until 40, which he told us over and over that that's what he was going to do. Because he, he was going to set the uh, rushing record. Right. And he's 13th all time, and that's that's good. And I don't think there's any real debate on where he stands among the all-time rushers in terms of his accomplishments, that he's one of the best. He's had the 2,000-yard season. He averaged six yards of carry for one year. He is 50 touchdowns ahead of the next best guy in Vikings history. Like He's the all-time Vikings running back and belongs in the top 20 conversation. But his legacy here, if this is it and he's retired and we're going to start having this conversation, or not retired but doesn't have a job, so essentially retired, then I look at it as being complex with Peterson. That a lot of people will look at his era as there was a blip on the radar of Brett Favre, where you were very competitive, but he wasn't the biggest star on the team or the biggest reason that they were winning. Mm -hmm. And for the rest of the time he was there, 
there was very little overall team success. They get into the playoffs with Teddy at the end, and then Blair Walsh misses the kick. I think the first year he was on the team, they made the playoffs. They were out quickly. So they win one playoff game, and that's with Brett Favre for the entire Adrian Peterson era in Minnesota. And so there's they didn't win a lot. There's He didn't really play the whole game. He just ran. He wasn't good out of the backfield catching the ball. He's a great runner. Mostly refused to block for anyone. And that is a major criticism of him because there are far more valuable running backs who have the same number of rushing yards but are more valuable overall, historically. Like, he's three yards away from Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk is a thousand times more valuable to his team. And look at the receptions for Marshall Falk. Right. He would get 90 a year or something. I don't know how many exactly. But he was great out of the backfield catching the ball. Mm Mm-hmm. And Peterson wouldn't do that. He wouldn't block. And that the blocking is extremely valuable. It's hard to explain how valuable it is until you really look at the game tape and you see the impact that it has, giving your quarterback more time to throw the ball. So there's there's that part of it. And then there's the other part of it, the child abuse case, which there are a lot of people in town, and every time anything is tweeted about him or comes up with him, where that comes up. And I don't think that you can ignore that because he was – he, he was suspended for an entire season. So there's this legacy of outside of here, they will talk about Adrian Peterson on NFL Network or ESPN as just one of the football gods who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats, and just praise and that's it. And here, I think that it's probably split or even leans more toward 60-40, look at his era as kind of, well, yeah, there were some really great runs. He had 15 touchdowns that went over 50 yards. So there were some really great runs. There were some really great individual moments for him. But even just last year, people moved on pretty quickly. As soon as the team was successful, well, I didn't hear a lot of, boy, I miss Adrian Peterson. I think the most interesting thing about uh, the arc of his playing career, so uh, just for a second, forget the off-the-field stuff, the most interesting thing to me about that is and and this is the reality of how football has gone. The game moved on. Yeah. When Adrian got here, being able to catch a pass out of the backfield was a very was a nice thing to have, but it wasn't mandatory. Mm-hmm. And so he fell to seventh in that draft in two thousand and seven, and he got here. And what we saw was this guy who was just an unbelievably gifted runner. He would bowl people over. He could make moves. Uh, he, his deficiencies were a problem, but they but they weren't a death knell. They weren't terrible, and so what you have is this is the time the time that he was at his absolute best. Also, was a time when the league began to but didn't uh, fully transition to the multifaceted back, and so he got away with that because his talent as a runner was so great. Now, as he aged, though, the game changed. And and I think the only chance that he would, would have had uh, to stay in this league past the time when most backs can would have been if he had gone to the Saints last year and been a really good guy and a good teammate mm-hmm. and been very supportive and caught some passes and blocked. But you knew he was done opening night at, at U.S. Bank Stadium when he's running up and down the sideline shouting at Sean Payton. You might get away with that if you are a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame back. He's not now. And the fact that he couldn't contain himself. And also, the Saints had three or two really good backs. And and the Saints have Drew Brees. Adrian Peterson 
if he was going to continue to stick, had to be the type of guy who said, I once was great. I'm not great now. How can I fit in? And and what he should have done was he should have said, how can I fit in to make a team as successful as possible to do what I have not come close to doing, which is win a Super Bowl? The problem with Adrian, though, and now this this includes off the field as well as on, is he is, he is among the most tone-deaf people you'll find. Yeah, He doesn't read a room at all. And the problem is he doesn't care. And that's another he part of He thinks he does, it. but he does. That's another part of it, for sure, is it was so obvious what type of star athlete he was, that he was the kind of diva athlete who doesn't really recognize what's going on around him, who always thinks he should have the ball more often. And when you start to talk about the downsides to Adrian Peterson, it stacks pretty high. <laughs> And you consider the great moments that he had in the great season. The 2,000-yard season is one of the greatest accomplishments in NFL history, and it will never happen again, I don't think. And coming off the ACL, which was otherworldly. Teams have figured out you can't run someone 350 times. Mm -hmm. And even they talked about this with Delvin Cook. Mike Zimmer did at the Combine last year, how they want to have Delvin Cook with the ball in his hands all the time, but also recognize they'd like to have him here for a while. And you can't give him the ball 350 times on the ground or it's going to wear a guy down. And the fact that Peterson was able to do that year after year says a lot about what an absolute freak of nature he was. And so you look at his individual accomplishments, and they're incredible. They're all-time great. They're otherworldly. And to go from one otherworldly guy in Randy Moss to another one in Adrian Peterson is... Complete freaks. Is lucky, really, as a franchise. I mean, that's almost like the Packers going from Favre to Rodgers. How often does this happen? How often does it happen that you go from Randy Moss, someone who was must-watch, to Adrian Peterson... And your franchise is instantly relevant through the entire time he's here because he is such a megastar. And there's something to be said for that and the the great runs that he gave you. But then when you start talking about the other side of it, you kind of get frustrated because you wish that they weren't there. You wish the child abuse case wasn't there. You wish that he would have tried to catch a pass every once in a while. Yep. Past like his third year in the league, he is just one of the worst in terms of your efficiency of catching the ball. You you wish that he didn't have this give me the ball more often type of attitude. But then there's probably the big Adrian Peterson fan who has the jersey who just wishes the guy had a quarterback. Because it's really out of his control that it was Tavares Jackson, and it was Gus Farad, and it was Kelly Holcomb, and it was Christian Ponder. I will give him this. Uh, through the 2,000-yard season of 2012, Collar, his career here was phenomenal. It was. Now, now, was he the perfect player? No, absolutely not. But through that year, if you, if you go back so from his rookie year in 2007 through 2012, this guy's production, for the most part, and career, and what he did, and the games he had, including the Chargers game, were very special. After that is where I think the lament starts, mm-hmm. in- including including in 2015 when he came back, rushed for more than 1,000 yards. But what people forget is he's the guy who had the crucial fumble against Seattle, overshadowed, of course, by the Blair Walsh miss. Yeah, But that was... but. You know, if you look at his his inability to block, if you look at the fact that he could catch the ball, but not really well. But most importantly, go back to one thing, too, the fumbles. 
That game against the Saints, he was charged with two. Uh, they they had the ball near halftime, if I'm not mistaken, around the goal line after Bush had muffed a punt, and Favre tried to, to hand off, and it got fumbled, and the fumble was charged to Favre. But if you go back and look, it's Peterson. So that's that's where it gets complicated. That's where it gets tough, because for all the great games and the great seasons and the great runs and the famine, famine, feast, 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 all that, you do come back to the shortcomings. And what got frustrating is they got bigger and bigger. And that's where and that's where eventually the problem with him being tone deaf, when he would continue to talk about playing to 40. And reporters would look at him like, what are you even, what? <laughs> nobody, one, n- nobody plays till 40. Two, you, you don't have a multifaceted enough game to do so. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where it got frustrating because you went from this, this phenomenal athlete who you wish was a more complete player, but accepted the fact he was not to listening to him or watching him and saying, can you even see this? Do you think that long term, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, when he is put in the Ring of Honor, all those... With Randy Moss, it was all washed away when he was put in the Ring of Honor. That any criticisms of him, the play when I want to play, or the straight cash homie, or I think Moss whatever. is smarter. Well, I definitely think Moss, Moss is, is a smart smarter. guy. He also didn't have a child abuse case. That even if there was some off-field stuff, it was never like that. It wasn't anything that would really stay with you for a long time, if I'm not mistaken, with Moss. Was there anything off I'm the field I'm trying to think. Him? He had some, of course, he had the stuff in college where he got uh, kicked out of Florida State, Notre Dame, but I don't. That was weed-related. But no, because he, he had the case downtown where where he Oh, the, um, he the parking the, attendant. The parking attendant yes. person, but that was not on, on the same as what Peterson right. had. And Moss that was, was not suspended for a year. But he didn't hurt anyone. Yeah, no, Ma- Moss was, at, if you want to get down to the fault of Moss a- as a player, and I don't think fans care about this, I think the perception of him as a jerk was probably the strongest perception. Yeah. But I don't, but he didn't have the case like Peterson did. But with Moss, there were, you know, a number of different things, and he wasn't always friendly with reporters and so forth. And you could have, Seen when Moss left, especially the way that he did leave in 2010, what a bleep show that was, that there would be some some bad feelings with him and the organization and the fans that maybe people wouldn't feel the type of respect for him that they may yeah, have. And part felt. two was ugly. Yeah. You're right. But when he was put in the Ring of Honor, I didn't feel that at all. You felt like just pure admiration for the fan base. They miss Randy Moss. They love him. And there's... Super happy that he's going to the Hall of Fame. It's going to be great in early August when he goes in that it's just going to be a celebration of Moss as a Viking. And with Peterson, I don't think it's going to be exactly like that. I don't think it's going to be forget all the bad times, remember only the good times when that happens. I think that there will be a lot of people who, when he goes into the Ring of Honor, kind of don't clap for him. You think so? I don't know about that. I do. Maybe. The child abuse case definitely changed things. Um, in fact, you know what? Let's come back and discuss that. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. The show is Mackie and Judd, Matthew Collar and for Phil. 
Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey. Probably wants a big amount of money and he's a pain in the ass. Judd Zolgad. Is there nothing you can't make awkward, Judd? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Here's Peterson. Has to hesitate. Well played up front by Green Bay. Mike Daniels was in there. Burnett, there were others. A loss of one. Adrian Peterson spinning his way. Lost the ball. Tampa's got it. Peterson <laughs> on that last spin move trying to get some extra yardage. And he lost the football and the Buccaneers have it. Oh, and Adrian Peterson fumble. Uh, Troy Patrick, Matthew, tweets into the show. At all the biggest moments, Peterson failed. He could only do one of three things. AP is one of the most overrated players in National Football League history. I don't know I would go that far. But he definitely, he did one thing incredibly well, and it's going to get him into Canton. But he also, fortunately for him, he came into the league before the league had fully gone to this, hey, if you can't block and catch, guess what? You're good, but you're not great. That, like, like you're not going to get all the all those carries if you can't block and catch. Right there is the response that I get any time I tweet anything about Adrian Peterson. At least one peop, one person will fly in with, he's way overrated. He doesn't even belong in the conversation of best running backs. And I, there's no way you could agree with that, that you couldn't go that far, that you have to objectively say if a guy runs for 2,000 yards. He's one of the best aver- running backs of all time. And averages six yards list, yes. a carry in yes. a season and does what he did with the number of 50-plus yard runs. He has the same number of 50-plus yard runs. I think he's maybe, maybe one behind Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. For, for his career, the, it's hard to say that he wasn't one of the best. I don't know how you could say that unless you're just you're just not a fan of him and you don't want to acknowledge how good he was. But there is one thing to look at. So I was poking around with football reference in terms of what his actual value is because you'll get the other tweet of, like, look, he's like top three ever. And that's not true either. But when you, so there's, I love the all or nothing. It, it's called in uh, approximate value by football reference, yep. where it takes a player's contribution to his offense and tries to um, say how much that player was worth, basically, and relative to the other players in the league. And Peterson led that category one time in his career that he was the most valuable running back. Not that this is just by position. So he was the most valuable running back in the league, or for his position, one time by that statistic. 2,000-yard season? And it was the 2,000-yard season. Sure. And it was six yards a carry. And it kind of tells you what you have to do running the ball for it to actually be that valuable. When you look at his yards per carry... Uh, for his career, there are sometimes where it's over five yards a carry, and that is probably hard to replace when you look all time where guys are. But other years, four point six, four point five. I mean, the Washington Football Club one year averaged four point five yards per carry as a team, running out three or four different running backs for Kirk Cousins. I ran across that the other day looking at his running games. One year they had a really good running game with like four guys doing it, and it was just as good as an Adrian Peterson season. Mm -hmm. So unless you're doing something incredibly special like he did in the 2,000-yard season, it isn't that valuable compared to what the other teams and other running backs were doing, even replaceable type guys. Back to your point about Moss. Uh, Two things occur to me in in the difference between a couple of uh, star athletes that fell in the draft and the Vikings were fortunate enough to grab them. Number one is Moss got here in 98, 
and change the franchise. Peterson did not do that. Yeah, that's Pe- true. Peterson was, uh, oh my gosh, did you see that run? But, Ma- but Moss was an, oh my gosh, did you see that season? It was just, Randy Moss took what was what had become a dormant franchise that was still popular, but it had an older fan base, and he introduced a ton of new fans, young fans, who to this day are Vikings fans. He introduced them to that team, and they started to fill the, the dome. So Randy Moss changed the franchise. Adrian was a great running back, but he did not change the franchise. The other thing that Moss has done now that's incredibly smart, and Randy's very, very smart, is he's changed his tune. Yeah, You know, Randy went from being this recalcitrant, uh, sort of a jerk, I'll play when I want to play, I don't care what you think, I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. And and it's not that he cares deeply now, but he comes off now as a very savvy, smart guy, and and if you watch him, I think you like him. He's not an unlikable guy. Adrian doesn't purposely try and be unlikable, but he does come off, to, to go back to my word, as tone deaf. He comes off as this, you know, I'm going to play. I'm still going to come back, as you said, or wrote. He's still tweeting or putting things on on social about how I'm working hard to come back. It's like, Adrian, you're probably done, okay? Just accept. So, and I don't think Adrian's got another mental gear now to turn. Moss clearly did. Moss, tur- Moss turned a corner and said, okay, I'm done playing. What can I best do to to make things as as easy as possible for me and uh, and people. Adrian I think still is going to say, well, I'm still going to play, right? And he doesn't and he can't change that. So, but the most important thing to me as far as the Vikings franchise goes is Moss changed the franchise. Adrian is is an important blip in franchise history, but he didn't change things. He didn't change it. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. And that's why Vikings fans love Randy. And I think a lot of them like Adrian, but I don't think the love is is the same at all. And with Randy, too, I think what we came to understand eventually is... Shut that phone off. Sorry. Uh, I think what we eventually came to understand with Randy... Important call. ...is um, just where he came from and how that shaped his worldview Uh and and why he was so prickly and frustrating at times that there's almost this kind of genius to Randy Moss with, with his personality and how he succeeded. And Adam Thielen told me, I was talking with him for a purple podcast and he told me that when Moss came here, that he and Moss talked for a long time. They was just going to do the interview with Thielen, just all about like route running. Oh, Randy was genius. He was genius. He was so obsessed with the details of route running. Yes. And so you feel like Randy Moss was a combination of a six foot four guy who could run a four two and someone who was highly intelligent and highly diligent about their job and really understood his position and what he was supposed to do and was so detailed at it. And so there's this sort of like, yeah, he's a freak, but he's also a genius. And yeah, he's he's gone through a lot of things in his life, and he's prickly, and, th- and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you can almost you can almost empathize with that. Where with Peterson, it's much harder to empathize with a guy who basically refused to block or to learn how to do well, it. You never got the impression that Adrian really cared about improving himself or the the nuances of the game. With Randy, it was extremely important. Yeah. With Adrian, you always thought to yourself, he sees himself, rightfully so, as a freak athlete. And he sees himself as being better than most guys. 
all correct, but you never said to yourself about him, he perceives himself as as a guy who got in this league and said, I'm really not that good at blocking or catching, so I'm going to, to work on those two things. He always struck me as the type of guy who would go out and say, watch me run, because I'm so good at that. Where Randy, I think, took the craft and said, I'm going to try and perfect it. Randy Moss was in no way, shape, or form a fluke. He was a freak athlete, but he also studied a ton and was a very smart player. Just because he didn't articulate that to us or or talk to us about that at the time mm-hmm. does not mean that he didn't do a ton of work. Yeah, And he talked about that at his press conference when they announced he was going into the Ring of Honor about how he wished that he had been a little more open with his personality and he probably missed some business opportunities from doing that, that he didn't really make himself a part of the community like he possibly could have, and he regretted that a little bit because he holed himself up. and He didn't trust people. Right, he didn't trust people, and he just... Did he talked about it, Marshall? How he didn't leave his dorm. He just went back to his dorm and he studied football, and that was all he did mm-hmm. because he didn't want to make friends. He just didn't trust people from how he grew up, and it's another part of his story that makes him interesting. And you can forgive some of the frustrating moments with him. Where with Peterson, it's much harder to forgive the frustrating moments, including the child abuse case, which I, I think. Do for you a think lot time people, will help though? I think for the child abuse case, a lot one? of people will not let that go. I think there will be a lot of people who say, nope, sorry, I can't ever put that guy's jersey you, on. How, I can't how, ever... different, how different do, do you think that w- would all have been if he had come back and said, I was 1,000% wrong and I'm very sorry? Because he always, he never did that. Right. You know, he took his punishment, but he never did that. How different do you think the Peterson case would have been if he had come back and said, you know what, I did this, it was totally wrong, I'm really, really sorry about the entire thing. Uh, I think it would be a lot different. Because we forgive big time. Yes, I think it would be a lot different. In sports, we generally do anyway. Sure. Um, But with him never apologizing and acting like he had been the victim of the organization, yeah, it was really wonky how it came about. And the organization botched it themselves at first yes and then and then i think got it right and that's fair for him to feel like it wasn't the the right way they handled it but also he never came back and said i did something that that's the he could have explained it he could have come back and said look i was raised this way and i felt this was the way to do it but now i understand that i was wrong and i think guys tried that i think the big i think the biggest problem to your point is the fact that he got so mad at the franchise and he had no right to be. Yes. Like it wasn't yes. their fault. They they in fact tried to get him to play the next week and and all hell broke loose and then with assistance from the league got it right. But Adrian acted like like after that that the Vikings were out to get him. What frustrated me about the, the whole thing too was Zimmer and Spielman go to Houston to beg him to come back and he still acted like I'm doing you a favor. No, you're not. You're an aging running back who's not as good. The game is changing. He should have been incredibly thankful. Yeah. Instead, he was mad. Right. And I think that's the, the thing that left a sour taste in people's mouths. Yeah, that whole attitude of, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I was victimized. I mean, nobody's buying that you were victimized at that point. Maybe, I mean, maybe if this happened now and it wasn't coming right off of what happened with Ray Rice... He wouldn't have gotten suspended for the whole year. In fact, maybe they would have just said, like, hey, that's his own personal problem and he's going to deal with it. I don't right. know. It might it might have been a lot different. So if that was his argument, that's fine. But you also, at the same time, have to be contrite 
in some way, shape, or form, well, and it never felt like he was. Don't get mad at Kevin Warren of the Vikings. Right. I mean, yeah, that's right. what was stupid, that, that right. he supposedly wouldn't you even go upstairs and talk to them. Right. Don't get mad. Come back, and if nothing else, just say, I'm sorry, it's done, and I'm not going to be. But he was, he acted, he acted like he had won four Super Bowls here. Yeah. And I don't blame any person who feels that way. Any per- especially people who are parents who say, "Look, I just cannot him, you mean. possibly ever think about that guy as one of my favorite Vikings again because he did that." Because I feel that way about people with like domestic assault things. That even if I like their music or if I like watching them but, play sports, I can never look at them the same way. But you way. have to admit it makes a big it makes a big difference if they come back and say, "I really messed up and I'm really sorry about it." Than, than to become, Peterson became defiant. Yeah, yes. And on, when they become the whole, defiant, yes. you are more likely to say, you're pretty much a jerk. If they come back and say, I'm really, really sorry, you still might be, well, it's still really bad what you did, but you're more likely to, <laughs> but you're more, you're more apt to be forgiving of them, yeah. I think. The only, the only part I would give him credit for on that is, that's the real Adrian Peterson, and sometimes we see, you know, people like I don't know Ben Roethlisberger. Amen. They come right. back and hey, I've changed and I'm very different. Yeah. And like, okay, I don't buy that. At least, it, not that I'm really giving him credit for this, but I'm saying with him, he was almost not smart enough to even know how to do that. Where some other people, Peyton Manning's a great example. Like I, I was told by someone who would really know this that the general thought on Peyton Manning was he was one of the worst guys. Like. I was told this by someone who would know that he was just one of the worst guys to ever deal with, that he was one of the worst people, and what he did to the woman in Tennessee and then continued to bring it up and try to ruin her career. But Manning always knew how to go out and fake it. Good at PR, yeah. And do the fake smile. And Peterson didn't even know how to do that, which I think long-term ends up hurting how people view him here. 651-646-8255. If you'd like to join the conversation, Mackie and Judd today is Zolgad and Collar. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. I'm ready! Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Join past and present uh, NHL players for a day of golf. At the 2018 Minnesota NHL Alumni Classic, this year's event taking place is coming Monday the 16th at White Eagle Golf Club in Hudson. In addition to your round of golf, each registration includes on-course food and beverages, dinner player gifts, and more. For all the details and to register, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, David. Mackie and Judd today, as Olget and Matthew Collar, we are in the TCL Broadcast Studios talking about Adrian Peterson and his legacy, uh, potentially as a Viking, with the fact it looks like he's not going to get a job now. Because I saw him retweet an article from an interview that they basically, the, the quote that they yanked out of it was that uh, teams would not regret it if they picked him up. And I'm like, well... New, it might be a New Orleans did get a conditional draft pick for you or something, so I guess they didn't regret it. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, Roderick, what's going on? How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, I was calling because I wanted to offer a counter-argument to what uh, Matthew Collar was saying. Um, I don't view Adrian Peterson as having abused a child. Uh, I think it's a southern thing versus a northern thing when it comes to corporal punishment. I grew up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. My parents are from Mississippi. I got I got spanked with a switch, and a switch is just a slang term for being spanked with a branch from a bush. I mean, there were times my dad would come home and I, I did something wrong, and he would say, 
go out and get a switch from the nearby bush, and I would get spanked with it. In no way do I think I was abused. In no way do I think my parents were wrong. And I think it's a southern thing that a lot of people who grew up in the south are familiar with getting spanked by a switch, where it's not that case in Minnesota. So I don't view Adrian Peterson as a child abuser, and I think a lot of people from the south or who lived in the south, maybe grew up in the north like myself, I don't think they think the same way because I got spanked with a switch, I got spanked with a belt, and in no way do I feel my parents were wrong. I have great parents. I love them dearly. So I don't think they were child abusers. I don't think I was abused, and I don't think Adrian Peterson is a child abuser, and I don't view him that way because I am from the South, and I think a lot of people from the South can relate. And so I think it's a Minnesota thing that, or a Northern thing that they may not understand that type of corporate punishment. So I mean, that's uh, all I want to say. Thanks, Roger. I, I, I appreciate yeah. the perspective on that, and I do think and that, players did give the same thing at that time as well yeah, on the Vikings, and, right? And I I absolutely think that that is the way that a lot of people have raised their kids for a very long time, and that Adrian Peterson is by far not the only one to ever punish his child that way. Right. However, objectively speaking. You're you are absolutely abusing your child if you do that. And the child like, was injured. And just and just like because it wasn't it wasn't uh, well he he hit him and then we saw the photos and there was no injury. There was injury. Yeah, right. There was injury. And so. just and just because you reflect back on it and say you know I'm okay with it personally doesn't mean that it's okay for everyone to do. I think the important thing that you said that I agree with though is that Adrian wasn't the victim here, and he played the card. Yeah. He wanted to be the victim. He wanted to act like the Vikings victimized him or the league. And that's simply not the case. I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit of with Michael Vick, where some people said, hey, look, in certain cultures, they fight dogs. They're like, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But it's also not okay to fight dogs. Like, it's against the law, just like it is to beat your child with a stick. Right. Randy in Oakland. How are you, man? Hey, good, guys. What's going on? Not much, man. How are you? Good, good. I just called in um, just with, I guess, a little bit of a different perspective, too, kind of similar to what uh, the last caller said. Mm-hmm. So at the time when the whole uh, child abuse thing came down with Adrian Peterson uh, and the whole switch thing came up, I said, oh, yeah, that's, that's a pretty common thing. But I definitely understand that it's like a cultural or regional thing, like definitely in the South. Um, it probably happens more there. And also, I remember I wrote an article about this. <laughs> I used to write on sportsblog.com. <laughs> the article you guys... Sportsblog.com? Sportsblog.com! <laughs> Old school, man. <laughs> I uh, actually wrote... I actually used to write... Uh, I wrote an article for them back when that happened. And I cited uh, an article from, I believe, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, where they actually did studies on it, where, yeah, it was actually a pretty common thing. But... That wasn't the thing, and I know that regional areas don't disagree with it. I wasn't really that drawn up, I guess, up in arms about it because it also happened to me too. But the thing that turned the turning point for me with Adrian Peterson, because I defended him through the whole thing, and I'm like, dude, it's the NFL. Like, you're not going to win this case. You just deal with it, suck it up, move on. And if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't initially the Vikings just letting Adrian Peterson play before, I guess, they face pressure from sponsors. Or yes, before they he was going to play the that. next uh, Sunday against the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. Okay, so obviously the team was sticking up for you, but the powers of the NFL came down and there's nothing you could do about it. But right. the thing that ultimately 
turned me away from Adrian Peterson was, and Matthew Collar, I tweeted this to you yesterday, the whole Ben Dogra thing. Ben Dogra went out after that suspension and that offseason just basically on a tirade, just completely disrespecting the Vikings organization and ultimately the fans as well, and I get it's a business and all. But if I'm not mistaken, Adrian Peterson was at the back end of this deal making an absurd amount, like what, 16, 17, or 12 million, some absurd mm-hmm. amount yep. of money for a running back. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to get this anywhere else. And then not only that, Ben Dogger, he goes on Facebook and Instagram, whatever, putting on a Buccaneers hat with an Adrian Peterson jersey saying, Sitting in a lounge chair, this. yeah. Yeah, Mark Lounge, I remember that, yeah. And not only that, he had an interview with your guy, Kevin Seifert. Uh, I forgot if it was an owner's meeting or a coach. I forgot what it was. Combine, I think. And, ben Do- and he just went, oh, Adrian Peterson, he, he doesn't need to be in Minnesota. Why, it doesn't benefit him. Why, why should it? I'm, I'm basically paraphrasing. Yep. But I'm like, you know what? I get that it's Ben Dagra. It's not Adrian Peterson. But that's your agent. He's an extension of you. Yep. He's only saying what you're allowing him to say. And the fact that you're getting all this stupid amount of money and you're trying to put pressure on the Vikings and all the headlines, oh, Adrian Peterson, he's going to go to Dallas, he's going to go to the Cowboys. The Vikings don't have to do a damn thing. So I definitely appreciated what Mike Zimmer did saying he can play here or not play. But that whole, the way he acted after that, and I get if you had bad feelings towards Kevin Warren, but the Vikings initially supported you. They were going to do everything possible to get you to play. The way that he ended at the end of that run, it just wiped away all the fandom I had for him. So that's my thoughts on Adrian. Thank you, sir. Good stuff. So I think there's a a point in there about with the child abuse case um, that, yes, a lot of people would have tried to understand that there are people like our last two callers who would say, look, this – is something that happens is the way a lot of people are raised. And even if it's not the right thing, then maybe you could understand why he would think that that was the way that you should raise a child. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he had, if he had come out and said that and maybe acted a little bit and the people around him had acted a little bit like they cared. Right. Yeah, then that's it. Yeah. Th- then it would have been perceived differently. And he was not the victim. And, and what he also didn't appreciate is the fact that he was a declining player at that time. Yeah. Like, you were no longer the guy that you were in 2008. Right. So just accept that. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.